Hey, today we're talking about respect. We could think of no better song than that, really, uh, that one. And so um, one of the lines, key lines, is all I'm looking for is a little respect. And honestly, most of us are looking for that, and so we're going to talk about it today. In our society, you get this idea that if you look the right way or if you have enough money or, or something like that, that's the, the key to success or the key to um, respect. And really, um, the Bible says something completely different from that. We've been looking at the Proverbs I love the Proverbs, and what I like about it is it's really, really old, and it's really, really relevant, and those two things typically don't go together, but because it's God's Word, it's, it's just amazing how this applies to our life. Now, we go to extremes. Some people go to really, really extremes to get respect. This is a picture. Her name uh, is Hajanal Bond. She lives in Australia. She felt disrespected because of her height. And she felt like people were making fun of her. She's 5'1". And so she decided she was going to do something about it. Now, you might think, well, what can you do about it if you're not tall? Well, so she found a Russian, because Russians will do anything. Uh, she found a Russian who, doctor who promised her that she could gain height if she would go through this process. <laughs> the process. Uh, they broke her legs in four places, and every day they would stretch them one millimeter in those four places. They did this for nine months. Then, for three months, she was casted so that the breaks and the stretching would take. She gained three inches. One year, three inches. Anybody want to venture a guess how much that cost? $40,000. Three inches, $40,000. It's like 10000 an inch. You know, it's kind of how I'm looking at that. Now, she would, say, she would tell you it was worth it because... She went from kind of obscure lawyer to she became a city councilwoman and all those kinds of things. I'm not sure I would go to that extreme, but people go to extremes to get respect. Now, the Bible talks about this, that the desire for respect is a good thing. Uh, a good reputation and respect are worth much more than silver or gold. And so it is okay to want to be respected. In fact, it, one word, if we were to put the sermon in one word today, it would be God says the key to respect isn't money, it's not being the right height, it's not looking the right way. It, the key to respect is character. A few weeks ago I was home in Kentucky, my mother's 86, I have two sisters, they're much older than me, much older. I, uh, take this and I want to show that, uh, be sure Chris will use this one, uh, my two really, really much older sisters and I were sitting around with my mother at the uh, kitchen table, we were talking about my dad who's been uh, gone about 18 years, 20 years, something like that, and we were talking about his reputation, his, uh, how people respected him around our church. When we were kids, one of the things that our church did, as a youth group, we would prepare something called, uh, we called it a cantata, but it was like a musical. And so every spring we would work on a musical, and then in the summer we would get on an unair conditioned bus <laughs> and we would take a tour, uh, you know, like we're, like we're Van Halen or somebody. We'd take a tour, you know, of churches and perform this cantata, this, uh, this musical at these churches. Um, we would, if you're smart, you get on a bus in Kentucky and you go north, right, in the summer. To, we went to Florida. We weren't smart, but we were dedicated, and, and that's kind of good. And Daddy would drive the bus. He would take a week off. Uh, we had this bus, and we would play cards, you know, rook on the bus, and Daddy would drive the bus, and the bus inevitably break down. And in my memory, I can, I can think of uh, seeing my dad under the bus 
uh, with his you know, elbows, grease down to his elbows, fixing that bus. And that's, he just was the guy that wanted to serve. Now, it's interesting. My daddy never prayed in public that I ever heard. I never heard him pray in public. And he, he was a deacon, and he was kind of, he had important tasks at the church, but he always said he just never felt worthy. And so it was kind of, he was never really out front of anything, but he always served behind the scenes. And my sisters told me something I didn't even know about him the other day. Um, we had other kids who didn't have dads at home. Maybe the dad had died or he'd left or whatever. And, and single parenting then might have been different than it was now. I don't know what it is. You know, I know it's difficult. And there were these, some mothers who didn't have enough money for their kids to go on trips or to do activities. And I found out just the other day, and this didn't surprise me because it was typical of what my dad would do, but he would go to those, those mothers and give them the money for their kids. Uh, he never, he, he just did it kind of, I, I didn't even know it until two or three weeks ago. Um, he, he did things like that. That's, that's character. And we're going to talk about generosity and what kind of things it takes to have a, a character. Uh, reputation is what other people think about you. Character is what you are. In the dark, when nobody's looking, what do you really, really like inside? Today we have image consultants. What we really need and what Solomon provides for us is kind of character consultants. What does it look like to have a character that people will respect? And so there are four things today. We're going to look at four things. Um, Solomon says, hey, these are things if you do this, people will respect you. We earn respect when we, number one, we act with integrity. We act with integrity. Respected people do not tell lies. You might think, well, you know, I, I don't tell lies. Well, we're going to kind of let's, let's investigate it just a little bit because sometimes we, we may not tell an outright lie, but we might fudge a little bit. And Jesus said, He said, not that He had truth, but He was truth. I'm the way, the truth. And so when we look at that, Jesus personified truth and He lived truth, and we have to live truth. Two, the Bible tells us that God is unable to lie, can't lie. And the Bible also says that the devil is the father of all lies. And so when we lie, we're picking sides, and we're not picking the right side in this. So you have to remember that. Something else, I'm going to show you a verse. This verse kind of blew me away. I really had never noticed it before until this, uh, till preparing for this one. Um, integrity is also dependability. You keep your word. Look at this one. I love it. This is kind of one of my favorite verses now. A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and rain that bring uh, clouds and wind that bring no rain. Uh, you you felt that before, right? Uh, you needed we needed a rain and and the the forecast said uh, it might rain today and so the wind kicks up and the the clouds get dark and they kind of blow in and you're expecting rain and nothing and and it's like there's a promise of rain but no rain. And, and integrity is don't promise something that you're not going to do. Uh, we, we do it sometimes. I, I wrote down a few. This, these were easy. In fact, I had to edit. I had like 20. I'll give you a few that I just know people do. Um, common unkept promises. Uh, I personally guarantee it, which you kind of think that would mean you're going to do it. Uh, I'll come to your next game or I'll come to your next dance or I'll come to your next concert. The check is in the mail. I'm going to quit. I'm on my way when you're still at home. Uh, we should get together sometime. That means we're never going to get together. Uh, I'll think about it. That means no. I'll start my diet soon. 
We, we kind of tell these things. Oh, by the way, you, you probably know this story, but there was a guy and he was bragging to his friend. He said, man, there's nothing like getting up early in the morning and jogging four miles and swimming two laps and having a breakfast of uh, egg whites. And uh, the, the guy was impressed. He said, well, how long have you been in that? He goes, I'm going to start tomorrow. A lot of times we kind of have these ideas around stuff. And so Napoleon one time said, promise everything, deliver nothing. He would have been a great politician. Um, there... We, we, we live in a world where people don't keep their word. Integrity is keeping your word. The Bible tells us that sometimes you have to keep your word even when it's difficult, even when it hurts. Let me show you another verse. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. The reason is when you tell lies, you have to remember what lies you told. And you have to remember how you couch it. You ever, we, we live in a political season. I hate, look, I've got to tell you the truth. 2020 has been a stinky year. I mean, really, it's just been stinky. We had two good months, and everything else has just kind of uh, just gone to pot. And uh, now, to, to top it off, we've got hurricanes coming, evidently, and uh, we have a, a political season where everybody's going to tear everybody else down. I hate political ads. I hate them with a passion because, and we talked about it last week, it takes no talent to tear something down. If you're in construction, demo day is the best day because it's the easiest day. Anybody can tear something down. It takes real skill to build something up. And we're going to be hearing about how everybody is horrible. And by the time it's over with, you're not going to want to vote for anybody because you're going to know everybody's horrible. And that's kind of how And we live in this real negative cycle right now. It's really, really negative. And the result of it, and, and so then they're going to say, well, he lies and he lies. And it's like, okay, just tell us what you're going to do. That, that would kind of be easier for me. But the, there's, we're tested. Fire tests gold and silver. A person's reputation can also be tested. And we're tested in things like this. Let's say you're at uh, the Lowe's parking lot. I don't know if you've been to Lowe's lately. It's packed. Uh, there's a lot of people parking at the Lowe's parking lot. And you're backing out, and you bump the car behind you. All right, I know that happens occasionally. And you justify in your mind, well, I don't have time to leave a note, or it's not that bad, or the last time somebody bumped me, nobody left a note, so I kind of get a pass on this. We can rationalize these things. Or you go to a restaurant, and the server isn't really good. They're kind of not attentive to your needs. They don't get your order right. They don't fill your glass up when you want them to. I mean, it's kind of one of those situations. You're thinking to yourself, well, I'm going to tip, but I'm not going to tip much. I'm going to like tip them a dollar and a track that says uh, Jesus loves you. You know, something like that. It's like, you know, you're going to really jip them a little bit. And you have to think through, okay, um, is that living with integrity? The police officer pulls you over and you say, you know, uh, sir, I think your radar must not be working right. Have you got it calibrated lately? Or I just got a haircut. It makes me look faster. Uh, you know, something like, I just washed the car and so I couldn't control the speed. Uh, you know, stuff like that. We, we come up with things... Being a person of integrity is doing what you say, even when it hurts. Telling the truth, even when it's uncomfortable. I, I made a commitment. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I'm the El Presidente of my homeowners association. I know I may have mentioned it once or twice. Um, yes, thank you. And uh, El Presidente is how I'd like to be referred to from now on. Anyway, um, the, the perks of that is basically any uh, stinky job you get to do uh, as the El Presidente. So uh, we have a, a sign at the entrance of our, uh, our little cul-de-sac there, our little uh, subdivision, and a guy used to mow it, and now he's not mowing it, and now I'm mowing it. 
You know, that's kind of the kind of stuff you end up with doing. And so um, I, I made a commitment. I, I, didn't really, I don't really want to do that job. It's not a job I enjoy, but it's something I made a commitment to do. And so um, we, we keep our word. Um, I can tell you this, uh, there'll be no second term uh, of El Presidente for me. Uh, but uh, until March, you know, I, I've, I'm on the hook. All right. We earn respect when we serve intentionally. When you find a need and you serve, uh, you'll earn this trust, the trust and respect of others if you work for good. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this author before, but there's a Chinese Christian by the name of Watchman Nee. Uh, N-E-E, Watchman, what a cool name. Anyway, um, he tells the story in one of his books, the best book that I can remember reading, and I I actually am going to read it again now because this kind of came to mind, was Sit, Walk, Stand, very powerful. Um, Chinese Christians have been persecuted for a long time, and so their testimonies and the way they look at life is quite a bit different than us, and it's just kind of good to get a different perspective. Anyway, he tells the story of a Chinese Christian man who had a rice paddy, and this is kind of what they look like, these rice paddies. It's just an architectural wonder, actually. And so each one of these levels has to hold water for the rice to grow. So this Christian man would get up early in the morning, and he would pump water from a canal into his tears. He had a few, and so you have some, and then your neighbor has some, and your neighbor has some. And, and so he was above a communist Chinese man, and, and he would pump the water into his I think probably three or four little levels there. And then when he left, the, the communist would come and he would open the gates, the floodgates, and the water would go from that guy's uh, territory into his. And he basically stole the water. And he did this for several days in a row, and the Christian uh, didn't know what to do, and so he prayed. And here's the problem with prayer sometimes, <laughs> is that God might not give you the answer that's easy. And he felt as if the Lord saying, well, just pump the guy's water for him, and then he won't steal yours. And so he got up even earlier, and the way they pumped the water, they kind of got on this little bicycle kind of looking machine, and they would pedal, and that would pump the water from the canal into these tiers. And he pumped the water into that guy's tier, and then he pumped the water into his tier. And Watchman, he tells him this story that eventually the, the communist notices this and is converted because it's like, why would anybody do that? We, we serve because it's the right thing to do. Jesus said this, if you want to be great, you must be the servant of the rest. So you look for opportunities to serve. Mother Teresa said, it's not what you do that matters, it's how much you love in doing it that matters. So you find something that needs to be done, and you do it. This morning, we, uh, we were short the coffee serving person, and I had people that have kind of volunteered to come do that for us, and... It's just there was a need and somebody came and filled it for us. I mean, that's, that's what we do. We look for opportunities. Let me mention my dad one more time. D- Daddy and I worked together for about five years. And he said something to me. He always said these things that kind of stuck in my mind. And he said, um, he said, son, I've got work to do. Don't make part of my work finding work for you to do. Uh, I'll do my work. And if you see something that needs to be done, you do that. Don't make me tell you what to do. You do it. Find it. Look at it. See it. See. Notice. Keep your eyes open. Keep your head up. Find the thing to do. And you do that. Because here's what Scripture tells us in Proverbs. If your goals are good, you'll be respected. Well, what are good goals? Well, good goals are when we find a need that needs to be done and we serve. Can I go back just for a second to 
the lawn mowing thing. I was pushing my mower up the road to go mow that little piece of, piece of lawn there. It takes about a half hour. It's not a big job. But on the way, I had two neighbors stop me. And both of them said, we'll help you with that. Just tell us when to come help you. And I kind of blew them off a little bit. And then when I'm mowing, the Lord kind of, you know, when you mow, God talks to you. And I, I, I was mowing and the Lord was like, you ought to let those people help. They're asking to help. I'm stealing, actually I'm stealing their opportunity to serve. And so today when I go home, I've already decided I'm going to send out an email. Hey, if you'd like to help with that, let me figure out a, we'll figure out a schedule. You volunteer and I'll tell you what, when your schedule is. If you can't do it, I'll do it or whatever. When people want to serve, um, Elise is great to help me. My, my 14-year-old daughter comes and helps do stuff. She's always, all of our girls have been good to help, but we want them around to show them, number one, what a work ethic looks like. But we want them to learn to serve. How do we serve? It's a good thing to know how to serve. There is an expression that kind of changed my life, and it's this one. When I serve others, I'm serving God. Sometimes I serve, I used to, I, I wanted to serve because I wanted somebody to thank me for it, or I wanted to get some kind of reward for it. Uh, I've got a neighbor and. We were talking the other day, and he said, yeah, I helped this person one time, but they didn't thank me, so I'm not going to help them anymore. And I thought to myself, okay, well, why are you really working? I mean, why did you serve in the first place? Well, so when I realize that when I serve others, I'm serving God, that helps me not have to have affirmation or acclamation. I don't need that because I'm serving God. When When I serve others, I'm serving God. I heard a really cute story. This is a woman by the name of Melina Saldazar. She's a waitress at Luby's, a server at Luby's cafeteria, and she had a customer. You see his name there, Walter Swords. He was, for seven years, every day he would come in to lunch and complain about his meal every day for seven years. Too hot, too cold. Too salty, not salty enough. Not well seasoned, my water's not filled. And so, Ms. Saldazar, she volunteered. She served her fellow servers by saying, I'll take his table. Every time he comes in, I'll take his table. And she would do his best, her best not just to serve the other servers, but to serve him. And he would tip like a dollar, a quarter, you know, something. He wouldn't tip very well, and he was cantankerous, and he was mean. And for seven years, every day that she worked, she served him because... She saw that as an act of serving God by serving others. Now, what's really interesting is when Mr. Swords passed away, he left her $50,000. So from now on, I'm serving because I might get payback. You know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's going to pay off in the end. Um, And she didn't do it for that. In fact, listen to her quote. I still can't believe it, she said. He was always kind of (laughs) mean. That was the quote in the paper. It's like, he just left you $50,000, but you're going to still call him mean. I read a plaque one time. I like this saying, Great occasions occasions to serve God seldom come, but little opportunities surround us every day. Every day we're going to have these opportunities. There was a guy named Richard uh, Halvertson. He was a a pastor. He was also the uh, chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And every time he closed a service, he would pray this, Wherever you go, God is sending you. Wherever you are, God has put you there. God has a purpose wherever you are. Christ, who indwells us by the power of His Spirit, wants to do something in and through you. Believe this and go in His grace, His love, and His power. 
when we realize that serving others is serving God, it helps us, but it also builds respect. Third thing, share generously. He who gives generously to the needy and shows kindness will be powerful and respected. What a great verse. So part of serving is finding somebody to give to. This is a picture of Andrew Carnegie. You've heard his name. He uh, built a hall and he was uh, quite a philanthropist in his older uh, life, in his, uh, at the end of his life. He left a note when he died, they found it. He died in 1919. When, he found, when they found the note, he said, I, these are my two goals. First goal in life is to accumulate vast sums of wealth. He was worth lots and lots of money. And he said, my second goal at the end of my life is to give it all away. Um, by the end of his life, he had given away $450 million. And that was when $450 million was a lot of money. That's, two, that's 100 years ago. That's a lot, a lot of money. It's a lot of money now. Can you imagine what it meant 100 years ago? And he gave away these vast sums of money because uh, he, he wanted to be remembered for that. That, to, that he wasn't just a, a hoarder and it wasn't just always making a buck. But he also wanted to be known as generous. What's really interesting, I, re- I read this just a couple of weeks ago. Seven of his contemporaries met in a hotel in Chicago a few years later. These were the seven wealthiest men in America. I'm going to read their names in a second. You're not going to know many of them. These seven men, their accumulated wealth was more than the U.S. Treasury. So they had vast sums of money. Now, what's interesting is you're not going to know many of them, and how they ended is tragic. Uh, Charles Schwab, he invented the Q-tip. Uh, actually, he has a like a he has some kind of something. Uh, he was an independent steel company. When he died, he died penniless. Uh, he had these vast sums of money, but he lost it all. There was a guy named Arthur Cutton. You probably don't never heard of him. He was the uh, a sweet speculator. So he speculated in sugar and those kinds of things. Um, he was at one time one of the seven wealthiest men in America. He died penniless abroad, and he didn't have enough money to pay his debts. Richard Whitney was the president of the New York Stock Exchange. He uh, spent time in prison. Albert Fall, who was the president on the president's cabinet in the uh, uh, presidency, was pardoned from prison so he could go home and die. He had no money when he died. Jesse Livermore was the greatest Wall Street investor of his time. He committed suicide. Leon Frazier was president of Bank of uh, International Settlements. He committed suicide. Ivan Kruger was a famous entrepreneur and industrialist, and he committed suicide. We get this notion that somehow wealth is going to make us happy or respected. I mean, think about, you've got guys, they were in jail because they cheated. Three of them committed suicide. Most of them died without any money at all. You remember Carnegie because he gave it away. Because he was generous. You don't remember these guys because they hoarded it and it uh, led to their demise. Bob Hope, (laughs) the great comedian who passed away a few years ago, one time said, if you don't have a uh, a generous heart, you have the worst heart problem of all. Having generosity is what really... If you were... To sum up Christianity in one word, it's give. For God so loved the world, He gave. It's all about giving. Look at what it says in Proverbs 11. A generous man will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. It's a lot like giving blood. You think, well, I can't can't spare it. Yeah, you can. Because when you give blood, God replenishes it. He gives it back. 
You can't outgive God. You can't give God financially or, or with your time or with your service. You just can't outgive Him. I heard uh, one time that there are kind of three kinds of, of givers. There's iron, there's uh, the, the honeycomb, and there's the sponge. Now, iron, to get anything out of iron, you have to beat the life out of it. You've got to beat it. You've got to heat it and beat it. That's, that's how you get, make something from iron. I don't want to be the guy that God has to heat and beat uh, out of a sponge, how do you get something out of a sponge? Well, you've got to squeeze it. And the harder you squeeze, the more you get. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want God to have to squeeze me to get something out of me. But honeycomb, man, you pull honeycomb out of, the, out of that box and it's just dripping. It's ready to share its sweetness with everyone. I want to be a honeycomb kind of giver. And then finally, the fourth thing, we earn respect when we walk in humility. Arrogance will bring your downfall, but... If you're humble, you'll be respected. If you're humble, you'll be respected. Um, we, we hear about, you know, pride comes before a fall. I, heard, I read a story this week, true story. This pastor, if you're not a pastor, you're not going to get this, but I'll, I'll try to explain to you. Um, sometimes we're in the zone and sometimes we're not. Okay, sometimes you just feel like, man, it's really rolling and sometimes it's not. And this guy was doing a wedding and he was, this was, he was killing it, man. I mean, he was killing it he all the right words were coming at the right time and he was saying the right thing and it was elegant and he was praying great prayers and and he was just full of himself because he was doing so good and one time he looked down at his notes and he noticed that his fly was open it's bad that's a bad look that's a bad look so here's a little preacher trick in case you didn't know this if we ever want to like um you know pick our ear or something we'll say let's pray you know Let's pray. Then you close your eyes and I can do whatever I want to. So uh, now I know when we pray at the end, you're all going to be looking. And I, you know, I'm not going to do anything weird today. But he said, let's pray. And while, he's, uh, while they're praying, he zips. The problem is he caught her veil in his zipper. So he's still praying, right? It's like, thank you, Lord, for the grass and the crickets. I mean, he's making stuff up. You know, he's just, thank you for everything. And he's trying to get his, and he can't get it undone. And after this awkwardly long prayer... He just says, Amen. And everybody's standing up and he says, I present to you Mr. and Mrs. Eli Whitney or whoever they were. And they, walk, and they all walk out together because he is kind of tethered to her. Humility is honesty about our weakness, but it's also thankfulness for our strength. It's the ability to say, okay, I know apart from God, I can't do anything, but with God's help. In fact, the Bible tells us it's okay to be proud of, of your good things. You should each judge your own conduct. If it's good, then you could be proud of what you've done. It's okay. Alex Haley, who wrote Roots, this great American author, had a picture in his office, and it was of a turtle on top of a fence post. And somebody asked him about that one time, and he said, well, here's what I know. If I ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, I know he had some help getting there. And when I look at that picture of a turtle on a fence post, while I have success, I had a lot of help getting there. And it, it reminds me and it keeps me grounded. I didn't get there on my own. I, it took some help. Life has this way of humbling us. I read this week the Monroe, Louisiana Chamber of Commerce auctioned off a meal with the governor. The governor at the time was Christine Blanco. And they auctioned off this meal and they had to apologize to her. It wasn't an apology because they hadn't asked her if they could auction this meal off. The apology was they had auctioned this meal off and they, the winning bid was a dollar. 
Can you imagine the governor and you know, only bidding a dollar and they had to apologize? You know, life has a way of humbling us. In Proverbs 22, it says, Respect the Lord and be humble, and then you'll have wealth and honor and true life. So if you were to take sort of a humility self-evaluation, how, how are you doing with that? In Proverbs 10, 7, it says, Good people will be remembered as a blessing, but the wicked will soon be forgotten. So we're all going to be remembered for something. Someday, there's going to be a service somewhere. And there's going to be a big box right here, and you're going to be in that box. I don't mean to be morbid, this is the truth. And people are going to say something about you. And what are they going to say? What are they going to remember? Fathers, what are they going to remember about you? He was always around, and he served us, and he was great with us. Or he was never around, and he was always off doing something, his own thing, and he cared more about himself than us. Mothers, what are they they going to say about you? That she was great and that she served us or that she was moody and she was never satisfied. I had the oddest, the oddest conversation one time in Michigan. As a pastor, sometimes you're asked to do funerals for people you don't know. And I was asked to do a funeral for a, a woman who had passed and her three kids came in. This is what you do. You meet with the family so you can prepare some notes. Because when you're doing the funeral, you want to make it at least somewhat personal. I didn't know her and I didn't know the kids either, actually. But you wanted to like, say some things about her that make it more personal for those who did know her. And so I got them in a room, and I was kind of interviewing them. And, hey, what do you, what'd you like about your mom? And tell, us, tell me some things. And I'm kinda, I asked those kind of question, leading questions. Hey, uh, tell me some things that I can say about your mother that would make her, you know, that would be honest about her, that make people remember her. And the son, there were two daughters and a son, and the son said, can I be honest with you? And I said, sure. And he said, our mother was horrible to us. I never, I was like, okay. Um, I can't say that, uh, so can you give me anything else? He said, my mom was great with her friends, and she was horrible with us. And it was the consensus of the kids. The, the sisters kind of shook their head. Someday, we're going to be remembered Good people will be remembered as a blessing. And I think most of us would want at our funeral somebody to say really good things about us. Here's the thing about life. I can't control the circumstances of life, but I can control my character. I can't control everything that happens. I can't control what's happening in the world. Uh, I, I can't control a lot of times what's happening in my world. But I can control my character. See, here's the thing. Character is a choice born from our daily decisions. I choose character. I choose to be a person of integrity. I choose to serve. I choose to give. I choose to not be braggadocious and not to be arrogant, not to be full of pride. These are my choices, and these are your choices. Jesus was perfect at this. He was always humble. He was always acted with integrity. He always served. He was always generous. And so our homework for this week, look for ways and opportunities that God presents to you to serve. They might not be big and grandiose and you might not get thanked. And nobody might ever know. It's okay. I mean, serve somebody. Find somebody to serve. And be generous. I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you an idea around generosity. You, know, you don't have to do this. 
but I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, Pastor Appreciation's coming up, and this is the new Bronco. So I'm just saying. Two and two together, just saying. Throwing it out there. Okay. And really, any day is Pastor Appreciation Day. So you don't even have to wait if you don't want to. When you have opportunity this week to fudge a little bit, to tell (laughs) part of the truth, to shade it to your favor, to make yourself look better, are you going to act with integrity? And this week, when you see opportunity and it pops up in front of you, are you going to serve Intentionally, are you going to look for it? Are you going to see if they're out there? And this week, when you have opportunity to share, are you going to take that opportunity? Because these are things that grow our character, which builds respect. And the blanket over all of this is humility. Are we going to blanket this with humility? I'm not doing it for a show. I'm not doing it for a claim. I'm not doing it so somebody notices it. I'm just doing it because this is what God has called me as his follower to do. To act with integrity. To serve where I find opportunity. To be generous with people. I'm going to do it not because I'm going to get something out of it. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's the way Jesus lived and it's the way he wants me to live. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and these words, and we pray blessings on our lives. Help us to be people who walk in integrity and who serve intentionally. Help us, Lord, to be people who find and look for opportunities to be generous. Lord, help us to remember that everything, that every good gift, everything that we have comes from you. Help us to be people of character, that when... Our time comes on this life and it's over. That people will say he was a blessing. She was a blessing in our lives. We pray this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.